0: Church. All right. So, if the kids want to head out for Reach Kids now, they can do that. Off we go. All right. Slippery Bible here. All right. So, thank you for braving the snow. Well done. All right. Um, the faithful remnant is here. Well done. All right. Uh, so, let me let me let me arrange my notes. So, <laughs> there we go. Uh, so we're doing a new sermon series uh, we started last week called The Clean Slate. And last week we focused on how we have a clean slate from the, the past. That in the past we have all of our sin and all of our shame. We have all of these things that weigh us down. Things that are kind of on our record. And we saw that in Jesus those things are not just not just wiped clean. That's a whole other person nailed to the cross and dead. We are new creatures. Those things don't apply to us anymore. We have total freedom. We have a blank slate as we enter into the present every single second of every single day. That we are considered the righteousness of God, not the sin. Jesus became the sin that we might be the righteousness of God. Now this week, we're looking at another aspect of this kind of blank slate. We're looking into the future. Now as we think about the future, it's... it's we're kind of we're kind of loose with this uh, blank slate analogy. A uh, uh, clean slate. Sorry, oh, he's saying blank slate. I know uh, it's the philosophy. I know, right? It's similar. Uh, thanks, Randy. Full of grace. Look at Randy. Yeah, well done. All right. Uh, <laughs> I should put on my glasses. Um, so we saw that last week, but uh, this week we're looking at the future, and in a sense, the future is a is a clean slate, but in this kind of a dangerous way. So. It's almost a void ahead of us. And we don't know what we're going to fill it with. We don't know what God is going to fill it with. And so we kind of naturally project into the future our deepest fears, our greatest anxieties. We can catastrophize about all these horrible things that are going to happen in the future. We can imagine our own demise, our own failure, all this stuff. And that's where this week we want to see how does... Nothing but Jesus. How does our relationship with Jesus change how we think about the future and what we're anticipating in the future? How does our relationship with Jesus kind of fill that clean slate, that blank slate, that future void with hope and with joy? And ultimately, I'm, we're going to see that in Jesus, that, that future slate ahead of us is filled with grace. It is filled with grace the immeasurable riches of God's grace. And we're going to see what that means for our lives, what that means for the future uh, here and now, and what that means for the future uh, to come. So let's turn to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. It's up on the screen if you want it there. Otherwise, uh, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 2. We're looking at verses 1 through 7. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 7. so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, as we look at your word, as we look at the amazing promises and the things that are done in Christ, I ask that you would give us a freedom from anxiety and fear about the future, and you'd instead give us this great joy and great hope that we get to experience day by day this immeasurable Riches of of grace in Jesus. Father, would you give us ears to hear it and and eyes to see it. That we may be people of of great joy. Who love Jesus and love what he's done for us. That nothing can be taken away from us. So Father, be with us. Fill us with your spirit. And give us faith to believe. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright. So, first of all. First of all, we want to start with uh, verses 1 through 6. Because verses 1 through 6 establish kind of how we get to the future. How what Jesus has done sets us up for a future that is, is different and is glorious and is amazing. And so Paul, one of the apostles, one of the leaders of the early church, he describes what Jesus did for us. What he did for us, what is commonly called the gospel. The gospel the good news of what jesus did for us and he says it this way first he starts off by describing who we were before who everyone is before they know jesus chapter 2 verse 1 you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked spiritually dead spiritually dead all right physically dead people they don't do anything anything physically Spiritually dead people, they're not doing anything good spiritually. They're not doing good works. They're not doing things that are pleasing to God. They are dead. And they're following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now in the work of dis, that is at work in the sons of disobedience. So they're, they're just independent of Jesus. We just follow the, the world towards destruction. We follow Satan towards evil. Finally, we follow our own passions of our flesh. The things that we want in, and of in our hearts, in our very selves, are, are destructive and, and deadly. That's who we are, independent of Jesus. Alright, we all need to just st- sit with that at first. Because if nothing else happens, that is our future. That is our past, that is our present, that is our future that we are we're just running towards death, following Satan, the world, and our own desires towards death, spiritual death, physical death, and destruction and and wrath. That's the reality. But, but God, but God, verse 4, All right, that is our trajectory, and then God comes in, and he acts. It doesn't say, but you, but we, or but someone else. No, but God did it, and but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, not because we cleaned ourselves up, we were still dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All right, this is exactly what we talked about last week. All right, last week wasn't a fluke in the scriptures that made us sound really nice. Like, no, this is the work of Jesus. That Jesus takes people who are dead and he raises them to life and doesn't just raise them to life, he raises them up into the heavenly hosts to the greatest of glory, to the perfection of Christ. That that is the work of Jesus. And it's not because we were good it's not because we tried really hard. It's because God is rich in mercy and because of his great love. In spite of the fact that we are dead in our trespasses, we are saved by grace. Now just so we're all on the same page, we talk about churchy words here. So grace. Grace is uh, one of those words. It means, it means a, a gift, but it's a special kind of gift. It's not a gift that you just didn't deserve. It's a gift that you like... You actively worked to not deserve. All right. That if there's a reward for good behavior, you did nothing but bad behavior and still got the reward for good behavior. That's grace. Getting the opposite of what you're supposed to get. giving the opposite of what you earned for yourself. And so we were dead people, spiritually dead, doing as much spiritual evil as we possibly could. Uh, or just doing constantly spiritual evil. And what does God do? God saves us. He lifts us up. We didn't participate in it. He saves us by grace. Now, why do I stress this? Um, Just because this is the gospel. This is the message. This is the whole point. It's about what Jesus did, not what we did. And it's also to, to remind you that your future is established because of the work of Jesus. The things that come after are rooted in what Jesus did, not in what you do. It's Jesus who did it. Jesus did the work. This is all past tense. This is all established by by Jesus alone. That we would put our faith in him. Death was arrested. New life began. We are new creations. And the future that is ours is promised to us in Jesus. We didn't earn it, and we cannot lose it. And so... With that in mind, what is the future now? What is the future that is set in motion for us in Jesus? Alright, verse 7. Verse 7. This is going to be kind of our theme verse for the the day. This is our theme verse for the future. As we think about the future, this is what we think of. That why did God save us? Why did he lift us up? Why did he raise us from the dead? Verse 7. so that In the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Alright, it's kind of a mouthful. But this is the future. So if we look out into the future, this blank slate ahead of us, I want one thing to be written on that clean slate, on that blank slate. It should be Grace. Grace, immeasurable riches of God's grace that is given to us in Jesus. That's a future that is set before us. And so we ask, okay, like, what does this mean? What is this saying, kind of dumbing it down? All right, basically, God wants to show how much grace he has. And the world doesn't understand it. The whole cosmos is wondering, okay, God, how much How much will you forgive sinners? How much can you love people who hated you? How can you give good things to people who who did nothing but despise you? And he says, you know what? I'll show you. I'll show you exactly how much. And I'll show you in the lives of Christians. In the lives of people who have put their faith in Jesus. He said, these people are going to be the ones who show just how gracious I am. Alright, so an analogy of this. An analogy of this. So let's say this, uh, this billionaire calls up Randy Voigt one day. <laughs> <Hello>? <laughs> oh, Randy. Always, always willing to participate. Alright. Uh, so they call up Randy and he's just like, you know what? There's a problem. People don't actually know how wealthy I am. And I want them to see it somehow. And so Randy... I'm just going to give you so much so that people know exactly how wealthy I am. And so from then on out, Randy's showing up in $10,000 suits. He comes to church in his, in his Ferrari and then leaves in his helicopter. He's private jetting all over the place. You know, the speakers get bigger and bigger because Randy's buying them for himself. Uh, that kind of thing. And then you, every time you see Randy, you're like, oh, like, wow, like, that guy is rich. He just keeps giving and giving and giving. All right, that is what believers in Jesus have become. Is that there is vast, immeasurable riches of God's grace, and we are here to receive it and to show it off to the world. That's the butts, that's the future. The future is that we receive all of these blessings. So we can show how gracious and merciful and loving our God is, how kind he is to people who do not deserve it. That's the future that is set before us. All right. Now, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? All right. First of all, too often we live thinking that, okay, all all the grace was given when we became believers, that that's when all the grace entered our lives and then we kind of have to live off of it. That yeah, he gave us a bunch of grace, but as we live our Christian lives, we start spending it. We start spending it and we get less and less and less. And we're supposed to shape up our lives because we're going to run out eventually. And so we're constantly living under this fear, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm going like, to use up all my like, 10,000 sins or whatever it is. Alright, that's not our relationship to God in Christ. But no, he gave you he gave you Christ so that you might have the immeasurable riches of his grace. That you get more and more grace as we go. That the grace increases and increases and increases. And that's, that's good because most of us as we live the Christian life we start to realize that we're actually a lot worse than we thought we were. A while back we did the Ten Commandments was just basically me just like stabbing you guys in the heart every single week. Because it was like, oh, like, yeah, that one's impossible. So is that one. Like, you've never even thought about that one, right? Uh, That's how bad we are at the command. It's like we're not getting close to this. And we start to see that so much of our lives is just mired in sin. And if we weren't getting more and more grace, we would feel... Like God had abandoned us. That he wasn't there to help us. That that Christ wasn't worth anything because, yeah, I got it then, but I need it now. The grace has not run out. This is God who lavishes this grace upon us. There's another aspect where part of that grace is that he gives us the faith to actually start obeying him more. That we are growing in obedience because we're growing and enjoying the grace that he gives. We actually love him. We enjoy him. We pursue him. But all of that is grace. Okay. Now the question is, uh, when do we get all this grace? When do we get it? Well, it says right here, it says uh, in the coming ages. Uh, there's not many that, that many ages to come. All right, there's, there's ages right in front of us until Christ comes. All right, so... The next five minutes, then beyond to, to the cross, or to the, to the second coming. And then beyond that is heaven. All right, just two ages. We'll go two ages. You get it in both. So, right here and now, in this present life, the immeasurable riches of God's grace in Christ are being poured out upon us. <coughs> so, when it comes to sin, we are not going to outsin our Christian lives. We don't need to live in fear that like, oh, like, what what if off in the future I, I rebel, I sin, I, I do something horrible, like there's grace in the future too. Jesus carries you into the future. That grace goes with you. Alright. Now I think we, we understand that one and we maybe holistically believe that but There's also grace in in suffering, grace in trial, grace in just the everyday things of life. That God, he he doesn't really owe us anything. But because he is our father and he gives good gifts to his children, he gives us things that we don't deserve. Simple things that we don't deserve. Not just just salvation from sin. He gives us things to bless us and because he loves us, out of the riches of his grace. All right, so... uh, the question is, do we really believe that? Are we expecting it? When we look into the future, are we expecting a God who is gracious to, to show up? And I recognize that oftentimes when we think about the future, we project ourselves into the future. And we would project like all of the deepest, darkest scenarios we can come up with in our heads. But we don't bring God into the situation. God and his grace doesn't come with us. And that's why it's so, so terrifying is because we didn't bring God there. And if God isn't there, then yeah, we should be terrified. But he goes with us. All right, so uh, stupid thing. Stupid, stupid example of this. Uh, I was reading this and like, okay, I'm like gonna think about this and like, is God really gracious? Let's, uh, let's see. And so I was getting on a plane a couple days ago. And it was uh, southwest, which it's first come, first serve. So whatever seat, like, whoever shows up, if you're in the back, like, you get whatever's left. I was in the very back. Or I, I like, was reading and I didn't hear any of it. Not that I had a good order anyway. Uh, and I recognized, like, I'm going to get the worst seat on this plane. And I'm thinking, like, okay, God, like, you say, like, I've just been reading that you're You're so gracious, you give us just good things. So I'm like, okay, God, like, let's see. give Give me a good a good seat. And so I'm looking down the the jetway and I just see like the multitude of people ahead of me. And like there's the the thing in my brain being like how am I gonna get a good seat? Like, look at all these, God would have to, like, vaporize instantly all these people, and, like, then I might get a decent seat, but, like, no, I'm going to be in the center between, like, the noisiest, smelliest guy and the, the crying baby, and, like, that's just it. That's what you get when you're last. All right, so, uh, me of little faith. All right, so, go well, get up there, and the first thing the stewardess, she says, oh, like, you're, you're really lucky because there's, like, 70 seats open on this plane, Okay, like I have a pretty good chance of getting a pretty decent seat. So I like keep going down and like there is the like the miracle seat in the exit row. All right, it's open and like not it's not just one of those normal exit rows. There's like two seats and then there's like no seat right here. So I'm like sitting here and I'm like, you know, I have long legs. So like extra leg room and the like diagonal. So that's great. Uh, actually, one thing, I didn't say this in the first service. They were... Uh, they were giving shots of bourbon out for free <laughs> because, like, they're, uh, they were, like, celebrating the life of their, uh, their founder. And so there was, like, a, a bourbon toast, and it was just, like, this, like, miraculous plane flight. The, like, guy next to me, like, didn't try to talk to me. He was quiet, and he, like, just, he didn't listen to, like, screamo music the whole time. It was really good. All right. What is that? What category to put that under? Like, God just gives good gifts to his children and we receive them. And in some sense, we should look for that and ask God for that. That is in our future. All right, God is not just this, this scary tyrant trying to break down our souls so that we have faith. Like No, he is, he is this one lavishing grace upon us. And when we have imagining about the future, we should think, like, okay, not only are my fears in my head, but, like, no, the real truth is that God is going to be present in the future with me. He goes, and he will do things that we can't imagine. Things might be better than we expected. All right. Now, there's other of you who are thinking right now, but, like, yeah, I've been in that situation and I've had the worst seat on the plane. <laughs> and I've been next to the barfing person and the baby. Uh, all right, that's true. That's true. I'm not, I'm not saying that God always gives rainbows and butterflies because he doesn't. But he always goes. And even if he goes into suffering, he will be with you. And he'll walk with you and he will be present and he will give you the strength that you need to endure. He will give you small glimpses of who he is in the midst of it. But in the future is an abundance of grace. And We should be looking for it. That should be, that should be fighting the anxiety in our hearts. All right. But, but, in a lot of cases, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. And there's a lie in the church that often says things like, well, you know, you should just be full of like, joy 100% of the time. You should be 100% content in Jesus because like, all that he's done for you, like, aren't you appreciative at all? And the reality is like, we shouldn't feel guilty of the fact that we're not content with the amount of grace that we have now because it's not all the grace that we have it's not all the grace that we need that more grace is to come and that there's a future abundance of grace that is going to be poured out and that we are longing for alright as much as we have tasted the grace of Jesus the grace of God in Jesus we have tasted it we have tasted it when there's a feast to come a feast to come when it'll be lavished upon us more and more and more and that's where I don't want to be like these like sunny Christians who are just like, oh, like, yeah, I got hit by a car, but like, I'm doing good. You know, like, <laughs> the like doctor is really nice, so like, thanks God. Like, no, okay, like, we're not doing that. And that's where we bring in the heavenly reality. The Christian life believes in heaven. And we believe that that is the the ultimate hope, that is the ultimate grace, that is where the immeasurable riches of God's grace will be poured out fully and ultimately. And we long for that. We don't pretend we have it now. All right, so when it comes to sin, your struggles with sin, none of you are where you want to be. None of you are where you should be. But when we see Jesus face to face, we will be so glorified, we'll be so transformed Our faith will become so real because we see Jesus right there standing in front of us that you will never sin again. You'll never want to sin again. You will see through sin and you'll be so not able to sin it'll be impossible for you to sin. Alright, that's the riches of grace that we want. That's the riches of grace that is promised to us. We're not content until we get it. Alright, when it comes to suffering... We don't just want God to, to like offer us a little bit of comfort in our suffering. No. And that's not what he promises. What he promises in suffering is glory. And he says, you know what? The more suffering you have, the more beauty and honor and value in heaven you have. That all of that suffering will be transformed into something amazingly beautiful. Beautiful. And we believe that because we've seen the cross. This is the ugliest, most hideous thing that God was crucified and it's become the most glorious thing in the whole world. It's been transformed because of the resurrection. Now that's true of every single suffering in your life. That it will be transformed into glory. That is the grace that is offered to us. We don't deserve that but it's given to us. All right, Obedience. In this life, obedience is not always rewarded. Sometimes you pay, you pay dearly for your obedience to God or for your love for other people. All right. In heaven, when you see Jesus face to face, you'll be rewarded as you should be rewarded. That true righteousness, true goodness will be repaid with, with true rewards. With things that are actually valuable and beautiful not because we deserve them because we did so much, it's because it's grace. He gives us more than we deserve. Alright. Now how does that transform our, our living here? Uh, an example, example of this. So, uh, Alright, let's take a, a hypothetical story. Alright, so it's your, it's your first day on a new job and you're walking to work. Someone jumps the curb Creams you. Alright, so you're smashed to smithereens. Um, and you're, you're spending the hospital for, for the next six months. Alright, you lost your job. You didn't show up to work. Uh, they fired you. So, uh, you're in tons of debt because you can't pay off all these bills. Six months worth of medical bills. Alright, and you're, you're thinking, okay, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. Why would God do this? Alright, in this hypothetical scenario, let's say... Uh, while you're there, while you're there, you meet a nurse. She becomes your wife later. All right. So, okay, it's pretty good. Uh, the guy in the bed next to you, he becomes your best man. He's your best friend in the whole world. All right. The guy who hit you was Randy's friend, the billionaire. <laughs> you now get the same deal as Randy did. Uh, he hires you to do nothing, just to, just to hang out and live this glorious life with your new your spouse. Uh, All right, if that happened to you, and if that were the guarantee that like when you get hit by a car, that's what you get, all right, we'd all be running out into the street. All right, (laughs) because it'd be like, we wouldn't feel sad, like, oh, I got hit by a car. We'd be actually thinking like, I can't believe that like he got hit by a car and I didn't get hit by a car. (laughs) All right, that's the heavenly reality that we're talking about. All right, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that that's how it works here. I'm saying that's how it works in heaven that we have a God who's orchestrating like that story for each of us. That all of the suffering, all of the sorrow, all of the hard things are actually grace and are used to to bless us and to give us eternal immeasurable riches. And that when we get there and we see Jesus face to face and he wipes every tear from our eyes, we're going to see that And we're going to see that, no, we have not not been punished. We have not been neglected. No, we have been given grace upon grace, immeasurable riches for all eternity. And it will carry on for all eternity that we get more and more of the enjoyment of Jesus. We get more and more of God. We get more and more of the lavish gifts and grace of Jesus because of Jesus, because we are in Jesus. What does that mean for us? First of all, anxiety. No, we don't don't need that anymore. All right, we know what's going to happen to us. The thing ahead of us is grace. And whatever trial we go through, it is grace in the end. It is a gift in the end. It is a blessing in the end. All right, we as, as believers, to the extent that we believe this, we should be excited about being in Jesus. Like really excited. Like like jumping up and down excited. Looked like a peace and a joy that that cannot be taken from us. Because this is our relationship to God. Just the ones who are lavished upon with grace upon grace upon grace. Alright, the final point of this is get Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, then you have that future that that started off in chapter 2. It's just dark and destructive and has no hope. Or you put your faith in Jesus, what Jesus has already done, and this is who you become. May your hearts be able to see it and may you receive it with joy. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are the God that you are, and that you are not that God only to the the good, obedient, try hard, goody two shoes. You are the ones that just put their faith in Jesus. And that these things are secure in Jesus, they cannot be lost because they are found by faith alone. And so, Father, we ask that you would give us faith and give us eyes to see and ears to hear the goodness of this message. Father, would you help us to run to Jesus and to cling to Jesus? Father, would you give us imaginations that can look forward into the future and get excited about the things that you're doing? That we project your grace and your love for us in Jesus into the future you give us great freedom from anxiety and fear, that this, this clean slate ahead of us is a clean slate that is just, has grace written all over Father, would you help us to, to love Jesus, and to love who he is for us, and to love who he continues to be, just the, the means of getting all the grace that is offered to us.